Hello, Sammy. Uh, all right. One sec, one sec, one sec. That's good. What's on the docket? We just watched episode three, didn't we? Love Island. Season two. They'd introduced um, a new man and a new woman voted in by the UK public. That's how it goes. Have you started the show? I don't know. It looks, it looks like you have. <laughs> <laughs> Just having a chat to my friend Sam. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Hi, Sam. I'm that friend. Hello. When should we play the theme music? Now? Do a. Do you want to do a cold start? Cold open. Cold open every episode. Yeah. Really? Is that our thing? Well, let's do it most episodes, but let's let, trick them every now and then, and start with the theme music sometimes, so that there's a little bit of that gambling hit. You know, isn't the most addic- the, the most addictive odds? The soft. Are seventy-five percent negative, twenty-five percent positive. Okay. But um, on pokey machines and what have you. But you can't. The the what's it called? A cold opening. <laughs> 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 a warm orifice. A cold opening. A cold opening. Mm-hmm. A cold open. Can't just be you but being yeah. like, well, now we're going to play the theme music. <laughs> well, it can once. Well, now it's twice, isn't it? Well, now you've told the joke, isn't it? What happened? Because the thing about the cold open is that it's meant to catch one unawares. Which so part of the be, theme music? It can be anything. There's a poetics of the cold open. You have to do something that doesn't seem as if it should be the open. But then the theme music rolls and you realise, aha. The theme music catches you unawares. It was the open all along. And before that I was closed. I see. Mm. Tricks. Tricks of the trade, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but all along, yeah. in fact, I had been closed. Oh, yes. And, I mean, we have been in the trade for a long time. I think this, this episode, we've got a lot to talk about in the episode of Love Island we just watched. Yeah, episode three. Yeah, when we sort of went into it with... What with the with the motivation that we'd be looking at Sophie focusing mostly, Sophie. really focusing on Sophie, yeah, and uh, trying to see if we could see any like early signs of um, her demise, mm-hmm. her untimely demise, mm-hmm. her premature necking, mm-hmm. and um, then we also wanted to look at our other the other main focus we have, which is. Um, what does the show expose about the nature of love in general? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And the very first note I have is that Sophie was smoking in the spa. Yeah, and I remember you seeing that and going, hot! <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's hard. Suicide's the sexiest perfume, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> Edit that one out. And that's, well, that's the heartbreaking thing, you know, because finally you've made yourself attractive to other people but you're not there to enjoy it. Yeah, you're the least graspable object then. I mean, like notwithstanding how heinous the concept is, Mm. what do you think? I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's adding. It's not adding to my attraction to her. I think. How can you say that? How would you know? I, I don't know. But yeah. I. I will say that when I watch 
when I've watched these three episodes, it's been very easy, effortless for me to watch suspend I suspend the knowledge of her suicide. It's actually not sort of going through my mind consciously when I watch this show. Is that weird? Well, I think what's weird is that you and I both with our psychoanalytic orientation standing here and and giving any sort of precedence to the conscious mind over the unconscious one. It's not going through my conscious mind all the time, although I think about it here and there. Mm. But definitely we're watching her on the screen and, I mean, I she looks I'm... alive to me, you know. So, yeah. so I'm not – it's very hard to both like – watch her behaving like a human being and also think, uh, but she lives in oblivion now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's definitely hard to hold those two ideas at once, but but we know it. I know we it. We know it. But it, it doesn't it doesn't force its way into my conscious mind when I'm watching. I and, and this Why are you still trying to force your conscious mind on me I'm as not if sure. it matters? No, because I think it's interesting what is what is rel- has been relegated fully to the unconscious when I watch Love Island. I wonder what else oh, okay. what else gets yeah, relegated yeah, yeah. there. It's part of the suspension. Is it what uh, yeah, okay. So what yeah. Are you repressing it or suppressing it? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um but it's I, I don't, maybe my mind is like for the sake of this enjoyment, mm. the tragedy mm. is put aside very successfully. But not only the tragedy, just the nature of death, the fact of death mm. that we can't conceive it because it's true. She doesn't seem dead to me. Mm. She seems like a very much alive personage when we watch her and when mm. we talk about her. She's there. Mm. And... Saying she's sexy is, you know, necrophiliac. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, if that's how you feel on the inside. Yeah, she lives now as this hologram of her own dead body. But all of these people do on the screen. They mean nothing to me. I know her neither more or less than any of the other contestants who happen to still be You're alive. A cold Medea. They're all essentially the same level of dead to me. <laughs> because I don't know any of them. Right. Yes. Okay. I think that's why the, the screen show has killed them all. I mean, maybe that's the way that the show eats them up is that they become so divorced from their own image, you know. Mm. I mean, we all, of course, live as images mm. in our own minds and others, but not only. It really thrusts them fully into that. Yeah. And like unprepared and so abruptly. Mm. But that happens in other reality TV. Mm. And, I mean, we'll do our episode one day about the 32 other, other reality TV suicides that there have been, yeah. And and not all of them are on shows about love either, which... No, 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 the majority of them are not. I mean, one was about a clown show. I think and one was about catching a big trout. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if we, we... I mean, if we'd seen that one, we wouldn't now be sitting there proposing that there was something very special about the trout catching show. <laughs> That killed the man. <laughs> Even though it's possible that that's it's just sufficient to go on a show and <laughs> to be completely like uh, just like yanked away from your own embodied existence onto a in-screened existence, mm. and just be ill-prepared for that, and that just that just destroys some people because there's got to be. Suicide's such a big act. Okay, <laughs> something it? just that occurred to me now. It's like we, ta- we the 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 presumption is seems to be that the show fucks you up and it's all downhill from there. It's not my presumption. I think that's, no, that, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to on, consider, and that's sort of the um, intuitive way that we would see these reality TV related suicides. But what? Well, I think if. the other thing is also intuitive because every every time you talk about this, it's always like, oh, the show fucked them up and oh, who would want to go on that show unless they were already fucked up? Yeah. It's those not, two are the intuitive ones. Or, no, or the third, which I think the media reports on usually is that the uh, trolling. Oh, they tripped on a banana peel. Yeah. Yeah. Was, oh, the trolling. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that they, they all had um, comical clown-like deaths. Hmm? What's what, what they hanged no, themselves that, yeah. on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the traditional clown way out. Um, that's clown puku. I've seen enough Cirque du Soleil to know where this is headed. If, if, as a clown, 
if your pants fail to fall down during a pratfall, then you have to com- commit an honor suicide. Yeah. Which is just hanging and taking drugs. I feel like they yeah. sh- could be more yeah. creative than that. Yeah. I can't remember where we came from. Well, because I was thinking maybe what fucks these people up after being on a show like Love Island mm. is that actually the show was a real high point for them. Peaked that, in high school. Like you get to... We'll ex- call that the peaked in high school argument from now on. No, it's not about peaked in high school. They get to go into um, a fantasy land. They get to leave their humdrum jobs... They get to exit capitalism for a, f- a few weeks. They have a great time. They're without social media. They're without their mobile phones. Mm. They don't have to call their parents. Mm. They don't have to deal with their like bitch friends or whatever. Mm. So I they, mean, they get new bitch friends. They do, but they're all they're they're without history, without without baggage. Not for long. Not for long. No. Yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, I think this is an interesting this, line. You have Keep this going. sort of fantasy life yeah. aw- away from. Your family, your mm. history, mm. your torments, mm-hmm. your shit job. Mm-hmm. You're not watching yourself on TV. I yet, think the, the so you can you can you can pretend like that's not happening because mm. you're not watching TV. Mm. You're not looking at Instagram. And I think the main point you're making is that they've come from shit jobs and shit families. Yeah, and that just goes back to that first intuitive argument, which is that you fucked up before you go on that. Because there are some people. Yeah. Some. Who, if they went on the show, through some trick of circumstance, rather than electing to go on the show, they would be leaving behind things they'll actually miss. Mm. <laughs> and rather than leaving behind bitch friends, they'd be leaving behind supportive friends. That oh my god, I love my life so much. Everything is so great and fulfilling and meaningful. I don't want to do this, but I'm 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 just gonna go on Love Island. No, no, no. They just they're forced on there. It's like a it's like the contender that show where. <laughs> You never saw that show? No. Oh, it's like late 90s or early noughties and um, it's a sort of marathon man type thing where everybody in the city is in a ballot and once a year... This is a film. It's a film about a reality TV show. Uh-huh. Called The Contender. A fake reality TV show. Well, it's it's a fictional film, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and... Um, they get a gun and a bag full of money and they have to kill all the other contenders. Uh-huh. In a city or in a house? Or in, in a, a city, oh. yeah. And there's like, I don't know, seven contenders or something. Oh, no, I've seen this. Was there a remake of it called something else? Why have I... I'm, I think it's a theme that's been done many yeah. times. Yeah, and they all get invited to this... They all get invited into like a disgusting room somewhere and they're like, why have I been invited? I got this weird invitation and they get... Invited into this game? Oh, no, because that's a, obviously a different one. In oh. The Contender, it's like um, it's very – you're very lucky to to be chosen. Yeah, you get selected. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a public thing and uh, it's, oh. it's announced on TV. And, in, uh, yeah, I remember when it was announced in the, sh- in the movie, there's cameras trained on them and they don't realise they're being followed by cameras and then they hear – it's you and they're like... Oh, my God. They I, capture the reaction. And they're all really happy about so happy. being inserted into a game where you have to murder or be, six or other be people. Murdered. Or be murdered. I think that the prize is very large. But also maybe 10, that's a statement pounds. about capitalism at large, which is that nobody has a good life that they're coming from. or Because I do think it's possible to have non-bitch friends... I, I mean, I was you and I have each other. You and I have each other. Are you not going to let? You're not going to let up on this. This one throwaway line that I had about bitch friends. You, have I offended you? Yes. Because it was just it was a throwaway line. Well, it really hurt. I'm sorry. You're not a bitch friend. <laughs> <laughs> Point stands. But thank you, and glad that the listeners know this as well. Um, I'd be really is that there sad. Are people, I would miss you a lot. There are people who, notwithstanding the general problems of existence, actually would miss what they're left behind if they went onto the onto the show. Absolutely. I yeah. think my, the my main point was that you exist in this suspended reality that is maybe quite nice, mm. maybe because of its difference. Mm. to real life and that's just nice in itself. But then when they leave, it is um, the worst come down. 
mm. that they could possibly take. That they're that they're could definitely happen for some of them. Yeah, and perhaps they'd imagined these insane heights of fame, and it doesn't really happen because you just boot it out and you just have a bunch of Instagram mm. followers. How many followers does it take to make up for being on the show? Do you think? But but then they're just thrust back into the world. Mm. And that drop is maybe what kills them. It's mm. what hurts so much. Mm-mm. And also you've got a taste of what it is to... So then we have to start thinking about which per- which type of person or which of these people is susceptible to that because, you know, there's plenty who've done well coming out of the show. And plenty who have now come out. I, I think essentially Love Island UK is becoming like mental health advocacy <laughs> because everyone comes out and they talk about their anxiety and depression. I was yeah. looking before... There are so many articles, different contestants. Classic swing, isn't it? And now there's just going to be an uptick in people's like unnecessary diagnoses and things like mm. that. But um, It could go either way. Do you think Katia is doing well now? Do you follow her on Instagram? No, but you, you, sure, you sure fill me in on that <laughs> material. <laughs> I DM you plenty <laughs> yeah. of Katia just material. A, just, you'll just DM me just a photo of her. In a bikini. like. Well, that she posts about six of them every day. I know, but every now and again, there'll be one that you feel like I need to see and I think that's really beautiful. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just thinking of it's you. It's really you know? nice. Um, I mean, to fill the listeners in, Cartier was one of the contestants on Love Island in Australia at the end of 2019. Yeah. And um, wait, did she win? Absolutely not. Who won? Josh and Anna won. Oh, that's right. Forever love. Mm. Anna's strange blank. I mean, those two. I never send. I never send you photos of them, even though I follow them both, because it's I, just I follow, constant I couple photos. Josh, oh, yeah. you you don't follow Anna? The Vanessa photo was a good one. What was her caption? Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> so just describe the photo. Okay, and Vanessa was the resident. She was like billed as the bitch. Wasn't yeah, she? she was the absolute. But she was by far the best value that ever was in that yeah, house. Yeah, she was the villain. Yeah. Um, um, she she was very attractive. Tried to lock down a man. Matthew. Who, yeah, was um, good looking, but mm-hmm. had small dick energy. SDE. Absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, she's changed the caption to this photo. Now it just says check DM. Oh, what was the caption? Oh, oh so don't, dis- don't, don't, um, don't act like you know. Don't it. feel, don't keep me, don't keep me posted on, on shit that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> c- concern me. I was yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, such a that's bitch right. thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Don't keep me Don't talk to me about shit that doesn't concern yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, why did Cartier come up in the first place? You you wondered if she was happy, and she, yeah, because she was a tragic figure. She was, but she's nineteen. Nineteen and um, so I don't God know if that's loving, a resilience factor or God a risk fearing, factor. Jesus loving. Jesus definitely a, resi- a resilience factor for the for the thing. I think it's such a godless endeavor in the first place to be able to leave and say that Jesus is still in my heart. I think is like mm, that's got to be a strength. She ain't in his heart though. <laughs> I think she thinks she is. Oh, yeah, it's fine, yeah. Yeah. She's come from great hardship. I think mm. she had a really dysfunctional family. I mean, you could see it. It was written all over her. Yeah, yeah, it was, absolutely. How? Um, well, <laughs> she's in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not necessarily a problem. Uh, well, nothing is necessarily a problem. Well, but you just said it isolated as if that was enough said. I think it's definitely on my list. I stand by that. No, Jesus lovers need apply. I mean... If you're Jesus loving to me, speaks to <laughs> something. <laughs> if you love Jesus, you take him to me. <laughs> it's it, it's a little unhinged to me. Okay. I think you're desperately grasping for something, much like people who want to go on Love Island. Mm. Something greater than themselves. I don't think so in all cases. I don't want to... Answer too seriously, no, but of course. Oh my god, I love how just family suddenly, suddenly I can't be making over the top statements on our Love no, Island you're just podcast. Being fucking hysterical on our Love oh. Island podcast. <laughs> I'll show you hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone stand, my way. What? 
throw the microphones down. Oh, if, if this wasn't so securely attached to these expensive stands, I would mm. drop this mic. Expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Pricey. Like a million dollar yacht. <laughs> should, we, should we divert back towards the... Um, the episode we just watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two two new people came in. Mm-hmm. Tom and Katie. Katie. K-A-D-Y. Tom, no. Tom is... Oh, sorry, Sophie's no. Boy. Terry and Katie. Terry. And they... Um, they have um, peaked... Hearts of Flutter. Yeah, piqued the interest of everyone in the house simply because they are fresh meat. And this was a dynamic that we noticed in this episode that... Um, suddenly the people that you've known for three days become entirely unappealing and this person Because who is, you know anything about them. <laughs> but you know something about them. Yeah. You know more than them walking through the door and waving mindlessly. Mm, mm, mm. But if a person is still at that level of one dimension... Dimension...ness... Nah. <laughs> 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 Oneness of dimension, yeah. <laughs> Um, then they just become the object of desire. It was so I weird. I like that calling a person one-dimensional when that would properly describe them just as a dot. Yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> um, or a lion, actually. I mean, I before they've even seen the side of their head or even the back of them. Exactly. They're, they're just like, seeing I them in profile. <laughs> yeah. And the profile is very skinny. Yeah. And so much so that it forms merely a dark line so, so thin. on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. There's a void. So you um, noted it, I think, like every now and then on the show they've just there's just like a dialogue that is the summary dialogue for that whole show. And this one was where between Harvey and Scott, mm, mm. who are both um, chasing after Katie and Katie's more into Scott than Harvey, and Harvey says to Scott, yeah, but she's the best one in here. Yeah. And Scott agrees. Yeah. And suddenly it's just impossible just for us her. on yeah. this side of the screen to divine what it is that makes her the best in there. She yeah. seems pretty similar to the rest of them. Uh, it's just that so she's the freshest. So it becomes a game of options rather than humans. They're just like – I mean there was, there was mm. quite a lot of talk on this episode of okay. the game – this game of options you just called yeah. that, that sounds like a little window into into like the the more general statement on love. Mm. What do you what what else can you say about a game of options? Well, I think for Harvey, I mean, also he said something that summed up the show pretty well at the end. Well, it was maybe a flash forward to the next episode because no one's going after Harvey. Harvey, he doesn't have any good options. Why is his energy so small dickered? Uh, because yeah, he's hard, a hot man he's and he's hot. kind of funny and he's not that much of a dick. Yeah, he's everyone seems to think he's nice. He's yeah. he's playful. He's very good looking. He's got a great body. He speaks fluent Spanish. He does. And I have to agree with you, he was hotter when he was speaking Spanish. Oh, forty percent hotter. So there was a scene in which Daniel, who also apparently speaks Spanish. The two and Harvey, best looking men in the house. Mm-hmm. Sitting there speaking Spanish and just ragging on other people and divvying up the women between them. Um, and they, but they were talking about Zara. Everyone seems to be completely off Zara, the one blonde in the house. They just kept referring to her Olivia's as. Olivia's blonde, isn't she? Or is she more. She's got dirty coloured hair. Dirty hair, okay. Yeah. Um, dirty oh hair, yeah, dirty she, soul. She has, but she's not full blonde. They were referring to her as the blonde. The blonde, as if they'd met her 20 minutes before. Has she got a. Balayage, <laughs> whatever that thing is. Balayage. Bal- oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the word written. I've seen I've it never so said many it out times. Loud. Yeah. Has she, got, has she had a blonde balayage? <laughs> what language is it? No one knows. It sounds I think like, it was made up by hairdressers. It hair sounds like Baba Yaga from <laughs> John Wick. They are the balayage. I've never seen that film. He is the balayage. And they just kept saying, La Rubia, La Rubia, the we'll, blonde, the blonde. Uh, we'll cut your hair before you even wake up. 
Yeah, the blondie. I think they were talking about Zara, but blondie. I thought at times they might be talking about Olivia. Oh, no. I think they were talking about Zara. Well, the because time. they were trying to be discreet by talking Spanish, so they <laughs> call her the blondie. Yeah, because so they, they didn't have to say the word Zara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which would be recognized. La Rubia, La Rubia. Yeah, that makes more sense. Mm. Is that how you say blondie in Spanish? Mm-hmm. La Rubia. Mm-hmm. Marco Rubia. Mm. Is Rubio just the male version? Mm-hmm. Marco Blonde Boy. Mm. He's got Blonde Boy energy even though he's... <laughs> blonde Boy energy. Even though he's a brown-headed boy. <laughs> so we couldn't quite figure out Harvey's um, small dick energy. Um, another line that really communicated that was that Katie was reflecting on her potential attractions in the house when mm-hmm. you got to the other girls. Mm. They were like, what about Harvey? You know, he seems to really like you. He'd made it clear that he quite liked her. And she said, mm, which I think maybe has something to do with it. She was like, mm, no, I feel like I would walk all over him. And then Zara said, yep, and he'd let you. He'd let you. Mm-mm. And this was just sort of an understanding between these two women that he didn't have I wasn't sure it. if that was a statement about him or like um, in general or about him with respect to her. Wanting like it was her. just clear that he wanted her and he'd yeah, let her walk Yeah, no, I get the sense that they he, see in Harvey this quality. Of being walked over. Of being walked over, of not... Being, what did they, how did they describe how they, who they went for in the first episode? They're like tall, dark, handsome and a jerk or what was the word? Cocky. And cocky. So there's, there's something in that. It's a that. fine line to tread with the cockiness, yeah. isn't it? I mean, because they don't like the very arrogant guys either. And like Daniel in is in a way cocky, but it's not, it's not what they mean. Yeah. So Daniel's the, the model attractive a beautiful man. Beautiful man. But the smallest penis energy in the place. Yeah. And I He's mean, also th- the one who said she seems promisc- promiscuous for having shown yes. an interest in me. Yeah, that's almost like a one strike and you're out mm-hmm. type deal. No, it is a one strike mm-hmm. and you're out. But um, but he's had some other weird rule-based interactions after that that weren't so bad. Oh, yeah, it, you speculated that he might be autistic, maybe on the spectrum. Yeah, I don't want to – yeah. It's it's a very hard one to call, and especially I don't want to. You wouldn't make such a call with this amount of data. <laughs> no, I would actually. <laughs> I'm like all psychiatrists. I just need to read the vibe. I lick my finger, put it up in the air. It's like pinning a tail on a donkey. Exactly. <laughs> I don't bother with the blindfold. I willfully keep my eyes closed. <laughs> Spin myself around. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's got a he's got a slight autism about him, I think. Yeah, um, he does. He's very tin-eared. I mean, we can at least say that mm. he does not read mm. the room. He hasn't got a clue what's going on around. No, him. and you're right. He is rule based, um, and all of his conversations and interactions seem to be running through something very sort of A B C. Yeah, and then this happened, and then this happened. And yeah, then so there's a woman. And that's my woman. Yeah. And there's a man, yeah. not my man. Yeah. <laughs> and that man and that woman don't belong together. Mm. Therefore, I storm over there mm. and start shit with the man. And then I retell the story of how I did that five minutes later to yes. people. Yeah, that's definitely part of his like subroutine for, yeah. the, for the confrontation. When he runs the confrontation program, it always involves a debrief of that kind. He kept going on about how he was a gentleman, that his mother raised a gentleman. And, you know, so, and he, he connects this to his rule-based nature. There's mm, something there. That means if you slap him with a glove that you have to duel. Yeah. Yeah. Does it mean one. much more than that? What is like the gentleman's code? Well, this is what I, I think he's there's, he's conflating a lack of emotion mm. um, and supplementing emotion or humanness with rules as how to be a gentleman. He's gone way too far and... You, you know, think he's gone inhuman with it? A little bit. Okay. He's turned robot. Because he's, he's unable to spark... Interest in the women in him? No, he can't. Nobody interested in him. No, and I mean, it's just the wettest conversation whenever he's involved. Why? Because this is not the first time this has happened on the show. Like that, the hottest has been the wettest. Yeah, 
in Matthew was on love end of last year Love Island yeah. in Australia, and, and he was completely walked over. Van- and Vanessa, Vanessa didn't love him. She didn't have any feelings for him, but she used him as a pawn to keep her partnered and to have. Yeah, he was perma friend zoned by everybody. He was crying toy. all the time. Yeah, and so he had the same thing. He had same, the same thing, and he was the small, hottest if small, you think about it. Yeah, small dick energy could. Like women sense it immediately that I could walk all over him, mm. and so he was perfect for for Vanessa's needs. Yes, and the year before that on the Australian Love Island, there was a similar thing. The one man who was an actual like Vogue model, he like was in you know he he was walking in Fashion Week and he had like Vogue editorials and stuff like that, and he beautiful man. And when he came on, it was just like oh, it's over for you boys. And then he's just. Didn't have had a thing. The, his he had an inverted cock. Yeah, <laughs> it was it went all the way inside. A virgin. Well, <laughs> that's what, oh, that's what those are. <laughs> I knew they seemed familiar. I knew. Uh, I forget my embryology all the time. Oh. It's it's nearly doctor. How long is it now since I was in medical school? I was going to say how long has it been since I've been in the womb. <laughs> Can't remember those surrounds. It's been a no, while. we all remember and miss those surrounds. We do. Squeeze me back in. Oh, take me back to my ancestral home. <laughs> Push me back in there. But um, it's at least twelve years since I studied embryology, and you know, you forget quickly that it's just an inverted penis. Yeah, you know, I've not studied embryology, but I. But you um, just I have knew, one. You just knew in your waters. <laughs> I have one of those inverted pains. What do you call it? <laughs> I call it my inverted penis. Yeah. All women do. I found out some interesting things. Mm. Um, so Zara, the blonde, um, the blonde woman on this season who quote has been told looks like SpongeBob SquarePants because she does she looks like she does toast. really we've yeah we've um, talked about it she as we mentioned in the previous episode is was the current Miss Great Britain like held the crown at the time of entering into the villa yeah and then I found out that um she goes on to have <laughs> sex with a man on the show and then she gives it all away yeah yeah Everything yeah. she has. Just sells herself. All that she has to give. Yeah. Everything right. that she has to um, offer a man. Her dignity. Yeah. Everything. And her inverted penis. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, plenty of people have had sex on a show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she did. She got it on with someone. We've not watched these episodes mm-hmm. yet. It's complete mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Um, mm-hmm. And then when she exited the house. Oh, you're spoiling me now. Yeah, when she exited the house, her crown was taken from her f- because of that incident. <sighs> yeah. Right, so she, le- they, I guess she couldn't have possibly had that communicated to her while she was in the house. So she left and then they gave it a bit of time and then they I don't know. took it off her or she left and found out in her absence they'd taken her crown. No, no. Um, I'm not sure if they can de-crown her whilst in the house. They they probably wouldn't have made a statement, but I think when she came out, there were obviously dealings, and she was, and they gave it to the runner up. Deflowered, crown, deflowered, and decrowned. Yeah, she really oof. did give it all away. Girl, girl's worst nightmare. Yeah. Wow. And, and they gave it to the they gave it to the runner up. And yet she didn't top herself. No, not yet. No. True. <laughs> <laughs> we better check in on her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Zara, Love Island. It's good that it's set Zara, up now that you can really hear alive. the tippy tapping. Why? Why is it good? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Zara, still alive. Why? Still alive. <laughs> Why? What did I say? A love. <laughs> um. Oh wow. She's. I mean, she's. She doesn't look like those SpongeBob SquarePants in her like glamour photos. Yeah. Looks good. Love Island Zara Holland said she was brainwashed. By who? 
in the posh prison of a villa and calls for show that ruined her life to be axed. Holy hell. Zara was stripped of her Miss Great Britain title the day after she had sex with Alex Bowen on the, oh, the day ITV2 show. Zara Holland has revealed that Love Island producers brainwashed her, calling the luxurious villa a posh prison as she called for the reality show to be axed. You said that already. The 23-year-old star appeared on the star of what appeared on the second series of Love the Island, <laughs> the show that we watch religiously. <laughs> oh, now who's a religious person? <laughs> on the second series of the program in 2016, it's now said that Love Island ruined her life. Okay, ruined another life. repetition. The former Miss Great Britain was f- okay. Another bloody fucking repetition. Turning into okay has now claimed that her mum had begged producers to let her speak to her daughter in the days before as she could see that she was turning into someone she wasn't, which ITV have denied. Zara now takes antidepressants and has therapy after suffering panic attacks following the show, with it being claimed that Zara's mum, Cheryl, made her seek help when producers failed to offer her aftercare support once she left the villa. The beauty has said that she has only ever been contacted twice by bosses, once the day after her close friend and fellow Islander Sophie Graden took her own life, and the second the day after 2017 contestant Mike Thalassidis did the same. Mm-hmm. She told the Daily Mail, You think you're on a summer holiday and you might find love, but you are in a posh prison where you don't know what time it is and a voice <laughs> in a wall tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. She, she's unaware of the way that the sun tracks across the sky, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? She just yelled at <laughs> constantly. Yelling at. <laughs> Ooh, what was that bip? I don't know. Was it because I yelled? No. Well, we're still recording. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yelling at this guy <laughs> when the moon when the moon comes up, just w- asking the sun why it's dimmer now. Who are you? <laughs> That's the sun, Zara. Scratching a tally of the days. <laughs> On her bed head, uh-huh. but not realizing that the five is a strike, <laughs> thinking it instead is instead is a subtraction, <laughs> and then getting all confused. That, think every fifth day, thinking she's only been in there for zero days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I minus five, we only just got in here. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. But it feels like we've been here for so long. We just arrived today. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? That's the sun, Sarah. That's the it's sun again. <laughs> well, wh- why? Why is it yellow now when it was a bluish white last night? <laughs> That's the moon. Sarah. Oh wait, no, Fuck I fucked hell. it up. She knows what night is in in my version. <laughs> I think in a, <laughs> in a purer version of this idea of Zara, <laughs> she doesn't understand the distinction between day and night. This has given her a much greater depth. To me, this narrative that really? we've concocted. Really? Okay. Returning, <laughs> returning to, to the article. I honestly believe I was brainwashed. Okay. All right. So Zara went on to slam ITV for not axing Love Island after Mike and Sophie took their own lives, mm. particularly after they cancelled the Jeremy Kyle show earlier this week mm. when guest Steve mm. Diamond was found dead in a suspected suicide just days after appearing on the show. What is the Jeremy Kyle show? I don't show? know. I It's like a talk show or an interview show. Oh, is I've it like a Jerry Springer type sitch? Oh, no. I don't, they don't make that show anymore. They had a show like that anymore. But maybe it is because he, yeah. he was subjected to a lie detector. Yeah. Steve Diamond, 63, was found dead. 10 days after failing a love rat lie detector test on the popular daytime chat show. So it is a that vibe of thing. Yeah, cheap. Mm. And he failed the the polygraph and killed himself. Mm. Polygraphs aren't accurate anyway. No. She fumed. This is back to the Sun's article about Zara. She fumed that the show, this is open quotes, the show screwed me up. I blame it for everything. What it does to the contestants is terrible. There have already been two suicides in three series. And Jeremy Kyle's been on for 14 years, but they're acting, they're axing it after one suicide. Mm. Hmm. There, there, there's something interesting in that because it's, it's f- so much easier to pin it on the Jeremy Kyle show. 
because it was just one appearance. One appearance. Yeah, was one he was segment. shamed once yeah. and then very soon after yeah. killed himself. Sophie and Mike killed themselves quite some time after the show and they're on there for so long and doing so many things and because like Carolyn Flack's not on there all the time, it's not clear in the logic of the show mm, as received it, by the audience. Be causative. Exactly, that the show's doing anything to them. <clears throat> yeah, it's much more insidious, whatever's going on. Yeah, they're, they're cast as doing things to each other, mm. which is precisely the problem of we proletariat under capitalism, isn't it? We fight ourselves. Well, it's hard to understand how the producers, i.e. capital, are reaching down and that all of the conflicts that we... Um, devote ourselves to mm. or embody or encounter mm. are in fact, uh, you know, as like as national conflicts or as like inter-identity conflicts mm. or whatever, whatever you want to, you want to say, mm. are in fact um, intra, intra-bourgeois conflicts, mm-hmm. conflicts that begin in the class above us mm. as petty conflicts between two champions of capital or whatever or this president and that president. And then we reflect them at this bottom level through a filter of ideology so that we don't recognise that it's merely us taking the side of one petty loser over another. Or remaining in petty conflict in order to to obscure the view that there is something else at play. Yeah, also that. The conflict serves remaining that Remaining distracted so that we don't have to undertake the harder problem of mm. class struggle. Because the way that the producers of a show like Love Island pull the strings behind the scenes in order to create conflict to flare things up mm. is precisely what politics is. Yes. Yeah. Just that's right. Sowing chaos in the mm-hmm. class below. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, I'm looking at a picture right now of Zara in the sun with the Miss Great Britain sash on. Does she look confused? Is she staring angrily at the sun? She's got... (laughs) 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 It's night time in the photo, so she must be extra confused. (laughs) And uh, the thing is she's... It's night time in the photo, she's in the sun. Did I say she was in... Oh, the sun is... I see, I see. (laughs) The sun is the newspaper. (laughs) Now I'm confused by the concept. It of sounds time. like you are because I've been reading from the Sun UK for a while. But yeah, I, I thought it was a weird way to describe a photo. Here's a picture of Zara in the sun. <laughs> okay, like I mean, nice if she day. doesn't understand the difference between day and night, she's going to be confused at any time. It's not just daytime that's her problem. <laughs> but she's in here. I mean, there's artificial light sources as well. She must be completely oh, at sea. That is going to throw her. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she does not look like a commanding presence as Miss Great Britain. How can they contradict themselves by taking one show off and not the other? Am I angry? I'm absolutely fuming. I was only 20. She also insists that her psychological assessment was only five minutes long and that she was cut Mm. off from friends and family and given a 24-7 chaperone who told her when to go to bed and what to do in the days before she entered the villa. I read about these chaperones. Apparently they are in the house often. They're never on camera. Right. But they're there all the time. Oh, wow. We need to do an episode about the chaperones. Yeah. We need to find one and talk to them. I'm sure they're all on NDAs. Absolutely. Oh, we need to know more about these chaperones. We need a whistleblower. Mm. Okay, but what do you make of Zara's rage? Um, like it seems genuine. Like no, it, absolutely. I, I mean, why wouldn't it be? No, but but this idea that the show um, is obligated and has failed to provide this after-show support, ongoing after-show support. Mm. Um, what do you think of that? Mm. It's a tough one because if they did provide any after-show support, they wouldn't know what to provide. Mm. And, I mean, they'd be providing it within a psychological and psychiatric care framework that probably isn't suited to this anyway mm. because these aren't, you know, they're all on antidepressants. Well, these, mm. they don't need antidepressants. They need 
some sort of in, some sort of insight oriented approach to mm. the experiences they had on the show, and then ultimately to the experiences that led them to being on the show in the first place. And they're not going to get that from. Well, they also just need to have experienced like a nurturing relationship at some point in their life. Well, but the, 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 we can't we can't account for all the exigencies of life. But well, psychoanalysis could help them to deal with those yeah. exigencies. I mean, maybe a good five to seven years in analysis at the point at which someone is considering going on the show, that might be helpful. Yeah. So you just have to go through five to seven years of analysis. Prophylactic analysis. Then they let you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because it goes to the question of whether or not the show should exist. It's not prophylactic. I I, I don't think that is prophylactic because, you know, my argument this whole time has been these people are fucked to begin with. Not that they're fucked people. They're all messed up. Yeah, but then, yes, but... So it begs the question whether if if you need seven years of analysis to even go on this show, whether the show should exist. I don't. I don't think that. I, I mean, you wouldn't go they, on it after they, seven years of analysis. It, that's the thing. So it's an argument against the existence of the show, which I think is a fair argument to make. No, see, I don't think that I am necessarily saying that the show shouldn't exist. Who would be on it? Well, this is the question that I had at the beginning. <laughs> this, is, this is a subtly wild claim, actually. Like, like who? Like, do, does a show like this only attract people who are broken? Mm-hmm. And if it didn't only attract broken people mm. and well-adjusted people, mm. for some reason, mm. went on the show, a, I don't think that would happen, and b, would it? Would that be a show? I mean, I direct you to the title of Darcy Wilder's debut novel. Literally show me a normal person. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. So this the brokenness of people is a given. Who's going to go on there? I, I think people are broken, that's true. But it's existence that's broken. So do you really not agree with me that there is mm. there's some logic to the idea that people who are drawn to being on Love Island mm. at the age of 20... Mm. Have have their own particular types of insecurities and neuroses. I absolutely and lacks agree. And yes, that is there percolating away. I think it's. By I the think show. it's not going to be one type of um, preceding personality or whatever. No, there's they all, have their own. There's their lots own of different common things that could lead, in an extreme case, to being on Love Island. Absolutely, that's why but I said it's their own. Love Island is absolutely symptomatic. Mm. It's definitely mm. part of an illness, mm. but it's not the illness. Mm. That's right. That's yeah. what. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I've always agreed with you on that. But what I'm saying is, and if, it doesn't make them unique. What I'm I saying is, should the show exist? That is a tough question. Because if it's if it requires like. I think they're redeeming. I think, no, I think they're... We're but giving we, them an illness and then we have to but do... But life treat- means that I require treatment. It means that you do too. Okay, sure. And I mean, there things exist like boxing and the UFC where people need medical treatment after they've participated in some mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm, entertainment mm-hmm, product. Mm-hmm. So that's fine, but they should be going into it knowing that what they're Dances doing... break their feet. Yeah, dancers hurt themselves all the time. They're essentially, they're essentially combat... They're, 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 yeah, they're, they're, what do you call those people? <laughs> fighters. Yeah. They're fighters in a different type of combat. Fighters for the crowd. I mean, it has been likened to the Coliseum. Love Island has mm. been. Oh, really? Okay, mm. well, there you go. And I mean, it's well known that fighting, even though it's full of amazing athletes, they're all the, uh, the less well-adjusted amazing athletes. Mm. Because the better adjusted ones are able to play team sports, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're you know, and they're able to make it through college, and keep and their rage sort of under wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So fighting has always attracted the mm. the wilder, the crazier, and the more fucked up. Yeah, it's the underbelly. And this is the same. So I I, th- I don't think the show should. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think the show should be axed. I don't think it should not exist because. What I like about it, and this might be dark, mm. this is dark, mm. but their particular symptomatology that gets them onto Love Island, mm. that makes them jump through all the hoops and all the hurdles and mm. really go for it actively to get on a show like this, mm-hmm. doesn't make them any more fucked up than anyone else. I like the show because mm. 
it's a platform for us to look at our fucked upness, like I've said before. Okay. I mean that mm, – so you think that you're – Interest is self-reflective, but not in the manner of sort of titillating identifications, but as like uh, for self-betterment? For society to see itself. We have to sacrifice these children so that we can see ourselves. Seems to be reaching a pretty broad audience. That's true. I mean, this is a utilitarian argument I'm making. It's not necessarily one that I agree with. But it is a thought that I have, and it's it's how I ju- it's how I justify my my own viewing of it. I like mean, the this fact is that essentially a Hunger Games of love. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's very interesting for us to think. Maybe we'll, we'll have to do it in future episodes, but for us to think about in what way is this show? Because it's not the only one of its kind, and there have been other sorts of cultural things like this throughout history. So, in what way? is Love Island and the sort of lineage of products that it fits into essential to our existence mm. or to our community or to our socialisation? Like what, why do we have to sacrifice people like this? But I, it's, I don't think – I don't necessarily see it as them being sacrificed. Zara does. Yeah, and I – because I, I, think, I think it's more the fame – and the failure for the fame that they are greeted with when they leave the villa, mm. it's, it doesn't ever meet their expectations or their hopes, their wildest fantasies of yeah. what, what their life was going to become and who they were going to become mm-hmm. through the baptism of being on this show. Yeah. And it, it fails. So I think it's about coming into the world afterwards that is sort of the death dose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, 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 they had this feeling that it would validate them in this, in this magical way. Yeah. And that they would exit the house into another life, into another world. And then it's just pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> and actually not superstardom. Yeah. And they're having to absorb all the good and the bad that this semi fame is giving them. Mm-hmm. And that's just, well, what could be. More devastating. Mm. The shock. Of it not meeting the fantasy. Yeah. Well, the thing is for Zara, it was pretty shit from the beginning. So maybe she didn't experience that shock and maybe that's the difference between her and Sophie. Yeah. Sophie Graden, that is. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I go back to this article, it it recounts what we just watched in Mm. in that last episode, Mm. episode three. Mm. Um, So... This is after she's talked about the chaperone. She recalled crying over how much she missed her mum, who she wasn't allowed to speak to on the phone for 10 days. Once in the villa, things went from bad to worse. As Zara, So she was already di- distressed because she's obviously got some very strong attachment to her mother. And she so couldn't talk to her mum in 10 days. In 10 and days. That broke her down. I mean, yeah. Why, why did she voluntarily go into a villa prison? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you need to talk to your mum, but... Just 10 days and you're an adult woman. But okay, so once in the villa, things went from bad to worse as Zara was left devastated when her partner dropped her for another girl. Scott, we just saw this maybe. Yeah, we just saw Scott and Katie. Mm. Well, Scott and Katie probably get together. We haven't seen Mm. that yet. Within 24 hours of filming starting. So they'd only known each other 24 hours by that stage. And she was crying and crying and crying over this guy. Yes, but she explains it a bit better. She explains... I burst out crying. I'd had a couple of glasses of fizz and I was missing home and I felt different to everyone else. That's what it is to be alive, Zara. <laughs> You've got no warmth in your heart for SpongeBob's square <laughs> Zara said that she we began to feel, feel more isolated when the male contestants wouldn't pick her to couple up and even claimed, oh, that's spoiled that now, isn't it? And even claimed that producers oh. played... Producers played a part in her repeated rejection as she said that the showrunners hold ultimate power and decide everything. Sure, but we've talked about this before, how yes, that might be the case, but really that like every life has its showrunners and Fuck, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's um it's a narrative of a paranoid person. Exactly. I mean a narrative of a paranoid person in a place where paranoia is absolutely justified. Absolutely. But she's still telling it from this paranoid perspective yeah. because 
you know, she's, sure, she's, they maybe do decide things, but their power isn't precisely ultimate and, and also they decide based on your own characteristics. And like, yeah, the greatest defence against fears of rejection and feeling other mm. is to take on a paranoid position. Mm-hmm. In this case, so justified, it's very tantalising. Yes, yes. The star said she was then told she had to choose one of two contestants who had deemed her boring <laughs> <laughs> to go in a private hideaway with her. Zara picked Alex and this is the night that she had sex. And we've not met Alex yet. No. So he must be coming into the he show. He thinks she's boring. And then they fucked. Oh, gosh. Calling it her first one-night stand. Ah. False. Not on TV. <laughs> yeah. Her Miss Great Britain title was taken away the next day and producers later told her that her mum had been hospitalised <gasps> and Zara made the from decision the to go home despite producers doing everything to make her stay. Not from the shock. It was from the shock. This is all so? about mother-daughter. Oh, right. The mother's lack of differentiation. Okay, yeah. So no the mother's separation. had some hysterical fit. I shouldn't use that word. I'm going to edit that out. You because called me people hysterical earlier. I was going to edit that out as well. <laughs> <laughs> the mother's had some neurotic response to and her she's having internalized sex on the show. Her, her mum's hysteria. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. You said it. Yeah. That's not probo. <laughs> Zara has now, I mean, for the listeners, the word hysteria is still used um, in a more or less bland way within psychoanalytic mm. discourse. Because it's the word that we started with, and and it can be attributed to both uh, men and women. Yeah, absolutely, it's a diagnosis of that um, for all ages and sexes and genders. Yeah, and the 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 term crazy bitch is also an old 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 term. term old term. She's um died from slut poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a Freudian term. It is another Freudian term. <laughs> The legacy of Freudian terminology. <laughs> Zara has now said that she knows one of the contestants heading into the villa this year and that she has begged her not to take part. Oh, I want to know about that convo. Mm. Explaining how she felt once the show ended, the star shared, for the first six months after the show, you're busy. Then as it tails mm-hmm. off, you mm-hmm. deflate a bit. There you go. Then a little bit more. Once the next show comes round, everyone interested is in... Uh, <laughs> Everyone is interested in the new contestants. No one is interested in you. There you go. Darling, no one was interested in you in the first place. That was the problem you had on the show. And probably protective because she didn't really crash that hard when she left. Mm. It already sucked for her. Mm. A spokesperson for Love Island has hit back at Zara's claims, telling The Sun Online, Zara has spoken to the production team regularly since leaving the villa and has recently been in contact to put forward suggestions for cast for this year's series. Oh. Prior to going on the show, Zara like Hard to know who to believe here. I believe Zara. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's because I stand with the people. Mm-hmm. Unlike you. Yeah. We're given medical appraisals that included psychological assessments, <laughs> the opinions the islanders have, decisions they make and the mm. relationships formed are completely within the control of the islanders themselves. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Fake. It is always our intention to produce a show that is a fair and accurate representation of life in the villa. Well, that's true because life in the villa mm. is the concocted affair <laughs> yes. that, that we see. <laughs> I mean, an accurate representation of life in the villa. Mm. Mm. But again, in keeping with our theme, accurate re- representation of mainland life and island life are equally problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One just seems to amplify the problems I but in fact just redoubles the problems. There's clearly a, a, a relational thing going on here between Zara and her mum because this lack of this sort of enmeshment that they seem to have with each other, mm. I think part of her motivation for wanting to go on the show was acting out the separation that she so desperately want, knows she needs yeah. and wants. She had to thrust herself into an isolated prison, literally, to get herself away from her mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the idea of the posh prison. Mm. She would have gone to prison, in fact, to get away from the mother. Mm. She didn't know that that's what she wanted. And then regretted it once they took her mobile. Consciously, she, she 
loves her mum, wants to be near her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unconsciously, she wants to be far away from her. Hmm. And when her mother made the, that comment that you read earlier in the article about being so concerned, begging that's the not producers. Her. Begging the producers That's to not her. It's like, well, how much of your daughter do you actually know? Yeah. You're just seeing it for the first time. Yeah. We, we, Zara, come on the pod. Zara. I want to speak to Zara. I won't call you a piece of toast when you're on the mm. pod, I promise. <laughs> She's more like two pieces of toast. She's like, a dimensionness. <laughs> Yes, because she's got a square head and then she's also got like square hips. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like a toast on a toast. Oh, yeah, with a noodle in between. Yeah. (laughs) Toast, noodle, toast. (laughs) (laughs) Which, funnily enough, is the breakfast they get in the posh prison. Do you reckon they get sketty on toast? (laughs) Toast, noodle, toast. Hmm. We're going to have to make that next episode for dinner. Toast noodle toast, 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 toast noodle toast. Nobody loves no one.